0: My name is Rick Renner, and today I'm in my backyard in Moscow, Russia. This really is my backyard, and we've built this big fire because right now I'm talking to you about spiritual fire. Are you on fire for the Lord? Do you know how to stir up the fire in your heart? To keep the fire burning, you need the right fuel, and one of the fuels you need is humility. The Bible says God resists the proud but he gives grace unto the humble. He is attracted to the humble. And when people are walking in humility, it causes the fire of God in their heart to come alive. If you want to be ablaze with the power of God, both now and for years to come, then you need to add the fuel of humility. And that is what I'm going to talk to you about today.
1: Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Welcome to today's program. Today
0: we're talking about fuel that will make our spiritual fire burn now and for years to come. My friend, God wants you to be an inferno, a spiritual inferno. You say, wow, I'm far from that. Well, you can be that if you put the right fuels into the oven. You got to put the right fuels into your heart. If you want your fire to keep burning, you know, I shared in an earlier program the years ago, Denise and I bought an apartment in the middle of a city here in the former Soviet Union, and we had no heat in the house. Finally, we figured out we had to find some fuel and put the fuel into the fireplace. If we were going to have heat now, we could live without heat, but my friend, it was going to get mighty cold. We live in a very cold part of the world. If we were gonna have heat, then we had to do something to produce it. We had to find fuel, put it into the fireplace, stir the coals, and deal with those coals all day long. We had a big long metal poker, and all day long we were stirring the coals because if we didn't deal with the coals, and if we didn't put more wood into the fire, The fire would go out, and we would suffer the consequences of it. And it's the same way in our spiritual lives. We have to deal with ourselves. We have to be intentional about putting the right fuel into our hearts so that we will burn spiritually now and for years to come. That can happen for you. That's why right now I'm offering you my series, which is called... A life ablaze. God wants you to rage with spiritual fire. God wants your church to be on fire. He wants your home to be on fire. And you can be if you'll put the right fuel into your flame. That's what you'll learn in this wonderful 10 part series that comes in multiple formats. And we're also offering you my book right now called A Life Ablaze, the same name, 448 pages, just loaded. It is jam packed with information. Revelation, divine insight, practical counsel about where to get spiritual fuel, how to put it inside you so you can retain your fire or get back your fire, stir up your fire, you can become a life ablaze. Order your copy today. And if you need prayer, we're here for you. Never forget that. That's not an add-on. That really is the heart of our ministry. We want to pray for people who have needs in their lives. And if you're a partner, I want to say thank you for being a partner. You're making a difference in other people's lives. You and me together, we are fulfilling Proverbs 10:21, which says the lips of the righteous feed many together. We're feeding many people the wonderful word of God. And if you're not a partner, please pray about joining us as a partner. Together, we can really make an impact in the kingdom of God. That's what this is all about. But today we're talking about adding fuel to your fire. And today we're going to discuss the next fuel you need to have. So far we've seen that we need to add the Bible to our fire. We need to add prayer to our fire. The work of the Holy Spirit needs to be added to our fire. We need to add worship to our fire. We need to add generosity to our fire. In the last program we saw that we need to add holiness to our fire. And today we're going to talk about the next fuel. And the next fuel is humility. say, humility is a fuel? Absolutely. I'm going to show you in scripture today, God is attracted to humility. When a person possesses biblical humility, God is attracted to that like metal to a magnet. Now notice I said biblical humility. I'm not talking about putting yourself down or berating yourself or belittling yourself. Don't do that. That's a work of the flesh. That's not biblical humility. I'm going to show you what is biblical humility, but you're going to see in Scripture today when a person possesses biblical humility, God comes to that person. God's fire comes to that person. It literally sets the heart ablaze when you possess biblical humility. But let's begin with our verse today in 2 Timothy 1, verse 6, where we find that Timothy's fire was on a low burn. Well, the fire doesn't have to go out. Even if your fire is burning low, you can do something intentionally to get it burning again. And that's what we read in 2 Timothy 1.6, where Paul says, Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. According to this verse, there's something you can do to stir up the fire of God, the gift of God that is in you. You can throw another log on the flame, so that you begin burning again. You can stir it up. And today we're going to look at humility. But let me begin by saying pride is fatal. Pride is so fatal. I'm talking about an unhealthy pride because there's also a healthy pride. But an unhealthy pride is so fatal that you need to learn how to identify it and eliminate it. You need to uproot it from your life Because if an unhealthy pride is working in you, God himself will stand against you. That's right. That's what the Bible says. I'm going to show you that in the Bible today. In fact, I say that pride is an equal opportunity eliminator. It is an equal opportunity eliminator. Every person who operates in pride eventually is eliminated. We saw this in the case. You can see this in the case of Lucifer. Lucifer was eliminated because of his pride. You can see this in the Old Testament case of Absalom. He was eliminated because of his pride. You can see it in the case of Judas Iscariot. He was eliminated because of his pride. Pride is an equal opportunity eliminator. I found this out very early in my life when an unhealthy pride began operating in me and I thought I was better than the pastor that I was serving. It was so crazy what I was thinking. I judged him. I condemned him. Here he had been in the ministry more than 40 years. I was young. I was in my mid-20s. I thought I was greater than him, more anointed than him. You know what? My pride eliminated me. When I was out of the picture, he was still in his pulpit. His ministry continued. Pride eliminated me. And you need to understand that's the devil's purpose. The devil wants to tempt people to get into pride, because he knows when they get into pride, they will be removed from the scene. It will eliminate you, and pride will quench the fire of God that is burning in your heart. In fact, pride, an unhealthy pride, is so bad that James chapter 4, verse 6 says, God resists the proud. That's what it says. God resists the proud. James was writing to believers. Well, what does that word resist mean? The word "resist" the quick word "antitasso." Ay, ay, ay. This word "antitasso" is a military term that depicts the orderly arrangement of troops to successfully wage combat against a noncompliant. Against a noncompliant, which means an order has been given and someone's not being compliant, and because they're not being compliant, there's an orderly arrangement of troops successfully arranged. Against the non-compliant, it is a deliberate, premeditated arrangement of military might to crush an enemy. A well-planned, prepared resistance to stand against, to set oneself against, to resist. Antitasso. that is powerful, friend. Now, if we stopped right there, here's a moment for us to take a sila moment, to stop and think about it. So according to James chapter 4 verse 6, God resists the proud, which means God will orderly arrange troops, he'll orderly arrange things in life to wage combat against the non-compliant. God will deliberately in a premeditated way arrange military might to crush the proud. God will develop a well-planned, prepared resistance to stand against, to set himself against and to resist The proud, which means if you're among the proud, you are in trouble because God is going to stop you. You say, Well, what does the word proud mean in this case? Well, the word proud that is used in this particular verse is the Greek word hooperaphinos. It's another one of those amazing words. It's a compound of two words the word hooper. The word hooper describes something that is above or something that is superior. The word phanos is the old Greek word which means to be manifested. But when you compound the two words together, they form the Greek word huperaphanos. When compounded, listen, it pictures a person who sees himself above the rest of the crowd, one who is arrogant, haughty, high and mighty, impudent and insolent in his attitude, one who thinks. He is intellectually advantaged above the others. In other words, he has a bloated opinion of himself. Let me read it to you again. It paints a picture of a person who sees himself above the rest of the crowd, one who's arrogant, haughty, high and mighty, impudent and insolent in his attitude, one who thinks he is intellectually advantaged above others. And when someone has a bloated opinion about themselves, just beyond reality, When they see themselves as being high and mighty, you know, maybe they think they're better than their employer, better than their pastor, more anointed than anybody else. It's just gone to their head. This is an unhealthy pride. And the Bible says when a person begins to operate in that kind of an attitude, God will successfully wage combat against them. God will. God will in a deliberate and premeditated way arrange might to crush them. God will form a well-planned, prepared resistance to stand against them, to set himself against them, to resist anybody who has an unrealistic, bloated opinion about himself and who operates in a spirit of pride. That's why I'm telling you pride is an equal opportunity eliminator. If you operate in this, you will be eliminated. That's why you need to know how to identify it and uproot it from your life. This is an eliminator. If an unhealthy pride is not halted, if an unhealthy pride is not repented of, this verse emphatically means a moment will come when God will get involved to resist it, which means God has no tolerance for pride. Now, God is very patient. But my friends, when pride was found in Lucifer, he was removed. When Absalom got into pride, he was removed. When Judas Iscariot got into pride, he was eliminated. God has no tolerance for an unhealthy pride, and God will stand against the proud. And let me just tell you up front, if I'm describing you, you might as well repent now. You might as well just halt it right now, because if God Almighty is resisting you because of pride operating in your life, you're not going to move any further you might as well throw in the towel and surrender and repent because you were on halt until you get rid of that pride. God will resist you. But wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. What does the rest of the verse say? It says, God resists the proud but gives grace unto the humble. Here we have it. Humility. It's another fuel you need to inject into your flame because God gives grace unto the humble. Well, people really don't like the word humility or the word humble because they think usually it's someone who has a bad opinion of themselves or they're just so humble, they're so meager, they're so willy-washy, they're just so weak, they're just so, you know, humble. No, 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 no. What does the word humble mean? Biblical humility is powerful. Listen to this. In fact, it's so powerful, God will give grace. He'll give power. He'll give fire to the person who has biblical humility. Well, then what is biblical humility? Listen to this. It's the Greek word tepanos. This word tepanos describes one who has become humble, which means maybe you formerly operated in pride, but through some act of God or through some change of behavior or repentance, you have become humble to reduce one's self-importance, to make small, to minimize oneself, to be willing to stoop to any measure that is needed. It really portrays a person who once was arrogant, but now has become humble. Although he previously operated in pride, he's come down from his haughty position to conform to a new behavior that God expects of him. This word humble describes one, who has a modest view of himself as opposed to an exaggerated view. Wow, that is amazing. And when you come to Romans 12, verse 3, in the Amplified Version, listen to what it says about biblical humility. For by the grace of God, the unmerited favor of God given to me, I warn everyone among you not to estimate of himself or think of himself more highly than he ought. That's where he's describing pride. Not to estimate and think of himself more highly than he ought. That is, not to have an exaggerated opinion of his own importance. You see, that's the meaning of the word pride. But to rate his ability with sober judgment, each according to the degree of faith apportioned by God to him. When Paul says... A man should not estimate and think of himself more highly than he ought. Those words, more highly, are also very important. It is the Greek word, hooper phroneo. That's a compound of two Greek words, the word hooper and the word phroneo. These two words compounded together, it paints quite a picture. The word hooper means over, above, and beyond. The word phroneo means to think. But when you compound the two words together, it forms the word froneo, which means to think of oneself more highly than he ought to think or to have an exaggerated an opinion of one's own importance. Let me give you an example. I've written a lot of books. I have a brand new book right now that I'm really wanting you to get, which is called A Life Ablaze. I love this book. I believe it will be an encouragement to you. If I said to you today... This is the best book anybody has ever written. You have never read a book like this. There's not another book like this. Of all the books you've ever read in your life, this is absolutely the best book. And by the way, I'm the best writer in the world. That would just be really bloated. Really bloated. Now, I believe in this book and I want you to have it. I believe it's going to make a difference in your life. But there are many good books. There are many, many good books out there. I read a lot of books because there are so many good writers and there's so much good information I'm reading all the time. Let me say to you, this is a good book. It'll make a difference in your life. I'm not saying that it's the best book. If I said it was the best book, then I would be thinking more highly of it and of myself than I ought to think. This would be an exaggerated view. We need to have a realistic view of ourselves. We need to have biblical Humility in any area of our life. It doesn't matter what area it is, we need to have a modest view of ourselves. That's really what the scripture means when it talks about biblical humility. The word humble describes a person who has a modest view, not an exaggerated view. That's really what it means. Real humility is never self-exalting, but sees itself in a balanced way. And when a person has real biblical humility, the Bible says God gives grace to that person, which means humility attracts the fire of God. It attracts the power of God, just like a metal, a magnet attracts metal. When a person has real biblical humility, God gives grace to that person. That's what the verse says. In James chapter four, verse six, he gives grace unto the humble. Well, what does the word grace mean? The word grace is the Greek word charis. There's a lot of teaching on grace, but you have to go back to the original, how it was first used to know what the word grace really means. The word grace is the Greek word charis, and the word charis describes a touch of the gods that resulted in favor or grace. An empowering touch an empowering presence, always demonstrating itself with visible manifestation, a power that changed individuals, a power that enabled one to do what he previously could not do, or we find that grace is God's supernatural touch of empowerment. Now here's what happens. When a person possesses biblical humility, God says, I'm going to get involved in that person's life. He will stand against the proud. He'll stand against the proud. We've already seen that clearly in Scripture. You can't fight with that verse. But when a person possesses biblical humility, God says, I like that so much, I'm going to get involved in that person's life. And God gives grace, which means he provides power. He provides everything to change that person. He provides fire. He sends that person everything that need they need like metal is attracted to a magnet. The presence of God comes to a person who possesses biblical humility. That's why you need to inject this fuel into your flame. Listen to what Psalm 24, 18 says, The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. It's really talking about humility. Psalm 51, verse 17, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. It's talking about biblical humility. Isaiah 57, 15, For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place and with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. It's talking about biblical humility. Or Isaiah 66, verse two. For all those things that my hand made And all those things that have been, saith the Lord, but to this one man will I look, even to him that is of a poor and contrite spirit and who trembleth at my word. It's talking about biblical humility. God will look to that person. God will do something with that person. And according to James chapter four, verse six, God will resist the proud, but he will give grace to the humble, which means pride will eliminate you but humility will promote you. So if you want to have the fire of God working in your life, then you need to have humility. This is a fuel that you need to add to your spiritual fire. If you want God to be attracted to you, if you want God's grace to come to you, God's power to come to you, if you want God's fire to rage in your life, then you need to add humility to your heart. God will stand against the proud one, But God will give grace. He'll give a supernatural touch and everything else that is needed for that person to anybody who is humble. Your humility will attract the presence of God. It is an invitation that says, hey, God, here I am. And God says, I like that so much that I'm coming. And when he comes, fire comes, power comes, everything you need shows up. God gives grace unto the humble. I'm out of time. I'll be back in just a moment, and I'm going to pray for you.
1: Is the fire of the Holy Spirit burning in your heart as it burned earlier in your life? How do you stoke the embers of fire so that they begin to burn red hot in your heart again? How do you sustain that fire for the rest of your life? In the 10-part series, A Life Ablaze, Rick Renner will show you the fuels you need to stay spiritually ablaze and how to use them to stir your spiritual fire. In this 10-part series, you'll learn What is the real condition of your spiritual fire right now? What to do if your spiritual embers are about to go out? How to stoke the coals to get them burning again? What fuels you need to inject into your spiritual fire? Available in digital or physical format, starting at just $20, you'll learn how to reach inside yourself to stir up the fire of God that is in you. In addition to this teaching series, you can also purchase the book, A Life Ablaze. In this powerful book, Rick lays out everything you need to live an intimate, uncompromising life and stay on fire with the Holy Spirit's power for years to come. You can do it, but you need to know how, and that is what you'll discover in this timely book. Don't delay ordering your copy today, because it will help you throw the right fuels into your fire to get you burning again. Order your copy of A Life Ablaze today for only $18. Don't miss this special offer, this series, A Life Ablaze, and the companion book, A Life Ablaze. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now.
0: Hey friend, this is Rick Renner and I want to give you a report about our ministry expansion project. As I've told you, our ministry is literally bursting at the seams. People are responding to us from all over the world. They're tuning in and listening to our teaching on television, on YouTube in all kinds of media. And they're reaching out to us for prayer and for resources. And because of that, we need a new facility in Tulsa to accommodate all the souls that God is bringing to us. And at the same time, we are constructing a brand new TV facility in Moscow because we have outgrown this space. Now we are doing five to seven live broadcasts a day, and we simply need a new studio. So at one time, we need a new studio in Moscow. We need a new building in Tulsa, and you have done so much to help us, but we still have a ways to go. So I'm asking you to continue to pray about being a part of the giving team To help us achieve this monumental victory in our lives. It's not about buildings, it's never about buildings, it's about people. The only reason we need the space is because God is graciously sending us people and he is entrusting us to minister to them and to respond to their needs. And I think you know that in our ministry, we're very serious about ministering to those who reach out to us. Every day, I sit in this chair and I bring teaching to people that I believe they can trust. We're told in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 21 that the lips of the righteous feed many, and I know, That is my assignment from the Lord. And when you're a partner, and when you're a part of the giving team to help us purchase the new building in Tulsa and to build the studio in Moscow together, we will bring teaching to people that they can trust and the word of God will change their lives. And I want to say thank you for your help, and if you've not helped us yet, would you please pray about becoming a part of the giving team to help us achieve this monumental victory in our life? I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Today we've been talking about adding the fuel of humility to your fire. Humility will cause you to become an inferno because God comes to the person who possesses biblical humility. God is attracted to that person and he gives grace unto the humble. He will stand against the proud. But he will give grace to the humble. This is a fuel you need to add to your fire. You might say, well, this teaching's been good, but it's been so basic. But you know, meat and potatoes, vegetables, you need that for your spiritual life. And that's what I'm feeding you today. And by the way, these are the things that will make you grow and will cause you to stay on fire for the Lord. You need this. I'm speaking to you from my series, which is called A Life Ablaze, 10 Simple Keys to Living on Fire for God. It's 10 parts comes in multiple formats. I want you to order your copy right now. It would be a great gift to give to someone else. We're also offering you my book right now, which is called A Life Ablaze, Ten Simple Keys to Living on Fire for God. It is just jam-packed. I believe it will be a great blessing among other books that you read. But get this book today. It's 448 pages. But thank you for being with me today. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you that your word is so straight with us. Lord, if pride is an equal opportunity eliminator, we repent of it and we embrace humility, biblical humility, because you give grace to those that possess it. And we ask you, Lord, to be attracted to us. Be attracted to my friend. Come with your power. Come with your fire. Set them ablaze so they can burn for Jesus for all their days. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, it's been good today. Remember Ecclesiastes 8:4, it says, Where the word of a king is, there is power. Embrace the word of God, let it release its power in you today, and I'll see you in the next program.